Well, let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our Creator and Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Martin Luther, some of you may have heard of him because you know we're Protestant and Catholic in the Episcopal Church. And he said that the epistle of James was made of right straw, he said. He didn't give it a lot of credence, probably because it had all this language about faith and works. And if you remember your, your Western civilization uh, in college, you know, Luther was about uh, getting the church to move beyond uh, merely purchasing God's favor through indulgences, right? That's a shame, though, because I'm a big fan of James' epistle. It's one of the go-to epistles, one of the go-to books of the New Testament you can turn to if if you want some good, useful knowledge, some good, useful wisdom. In fact, it's the only wisdom literature in the New Testament, the only epistle that is expressly uh, put together, uh, was expressly written for uh, the the sharing of wisdom with the early church. And you know, that's something that we, we need now. It's something that, that we ought to pray for every day. Um, I know that I do, because when we have wisdom, we're able to choose our words carefully, right? I mean, anyone who's, who's been married for a while knows that many are the times, or even just in a re- relationship, a deep relationship with another human being will know that many are the times that you were better off by not saying something, right? I mean, you can be right or you can be happy, the saying goes. (laughs) And last week, James talked about uh, not showing favor to the rich over the poor in the church. A lot of that kind of stuff was going on, Um, not letting the the poor people sit, uh, even sit down or even get their share of the Eucharistic feast. And this week he talks about language. He talks about uh, the caged beast, the tongue. Um, And really what he's getting to is our use of language and our use of words. And James is saying over and over and over that words matter. He's laying some really important truth on us here, folks. Words matter. Now, I'm sure many of us here um, had, had that teacher, either in high school or university or college, who, who taught us that lesson. The teacher who um, taught you how to write, which mine did, taught you how to read books critically, taught you how uh, to, to speak critically and to argue well. And I'm sure all of you could, could tell a story of that teacher, and that teacher for me uh, was Leonard Walters, also known as Coach Walters. Now, Coach Walters was, was a well-known eccentric in my high school. One of my favorite stories about him, he, he passed away about 10 years ago, um, was the day he retired after 40 years of teaching, he wrote a note in his beautiful you know, 1930s handwriting on a legal pad and said, 
uh, Dear Nellen was the name of our principal at the school. This is after I left. Dear Nellen, as of today, I'm officially retired. And he tacked it to her door before she got there that morning and put all his books in a box and walked out to his car and drove home. But the other thing he was known for, um, my brother told me when I took his class, he said, never sit in the front row because you will get uh, sprayed by him. He, he would uh, loved British literature, loved uh, two works in, in particular. He loved the epic of Beowulf, and he loved William Shakespeare. And in fact, he would say at the beginning of the year, I'm only going to tell you one thing I really think, and that's that William Shakespeare is the greatest writer that ever lived. And he would go on. And when he would read to us Beowulf, he'd read long passages out of the translation he had, and at the point where Beowulf starts um, striking limbs off a of Grendel, he would climb up on his desk and just start yelling and waving his arm around. And he would, he would reenact the, the out-out spot scene, and he'd take on the role of Lady Macbeth. But the one thing that, that everyone who had him remembers is this saying. And you could ask any student of Leonard Walters this saying. We had these giant blackboards, and he had written on the upper right-hand corner the following. If you cannot ponder upon meaningful ideas, then you are a sophistic twit. <laughs> and the other thing that he had in his class was, if you said something that was particularly myopic or dumb or indicated you hadn't read the text, he had this, this casket that someone had made in form in shop class. It was on a crank, and it was full of rocks. And if you said something really stupid, he'd go over and crank it. And he'd say, Alfred Lord Tennyson's turning over in his grave right now, boy. All of that, though, left me with this conviction that words matter. What we call things matter. The way we say things matter. Who we say them to matters. Now, have I followed that conviction well? You know, I hope so. Um, you know, when I say we in this sermon, you know, I'm including myself because all of us have fallen victim to letting the caged animal of the tongue loose, to starting the brush fire. Uh, brush fires in our lives um, through words. Words matter. And you know, another teacher that I had um, in college was a Jewish philosopher and theologian uh, who lived in the 50s. His name was Martin Buber. And Martin Buber um, lived in Nazi Germany and was actually fired from his post, uh, his faculty uh, of philosophy and theology faculty. He came from a long a line of a family that was associated with a priestly clan in ancient, ancient Israel. And he saved himself by moving to then Palestine and taking a university post. And he wrote this book that's it's been a very important book for me my entire life called, called I and Thou, or I and You. And in it, um, Buber says that all of life is made up of discourse and encounter. And he said there's fundamental relationships that we have uh, with one another. And of course, uh, with ourselves, we have an I-I relationship, and with a thing, we have an I-it relationship. But with other human beings, the relationship should always be I and you. And of course, he was a man who saw an entire population uh, that was treated like an object, like objects. It was treated like an it and hauled off and murdered uh, for no good reason. 
and Buber knew the importance of language and the importance of the difference between thinking of someone as a you and thinking of someone as an it. It makes all the difference, doesn't it? And so in James today, when he talks about the tongue um, being a wild animal and about how what comes forth from us, uh, you know, can, can, when we say things that, that are, are, are mean or awful to other people, it's like salt water coming up in a well. It's like a fire, he says. And you know, for James' readers, the, these were life or death images. If the well in the center of your town where everyone got their water from suddenly turned up salty, that would mean everyone, all the animals, all the people, all the crops would die. If a fire started in a village, that would usually mean that the entire village would be wiped out. So for him, these were no convenient or quaint illustrations. These were life or death images. And like Buber, he's telling us that words can mean everything and sometimes can even be the difference between standing up for death or standing up for life. And so we as the church, of course, are called to be a place where there's a different kind of discourse. You know, I'm I'm proud to say that, that we here are starting just getting started on being intentional about pre- being intentional about practicing this aren't we not that we haven't in the past but we're trying to say to one another through uh, formation efforts and and through discussions that we're having with one another that this is a place where we're going to do something different besides argue with one another I mean, we live in a time when we are inundated with words. There are more words than ever in the history of all civilization. You wake up in the morning and you get out your phone, and before you get out of bed, you can read two or three editorials. You can be jealous of everyone else's vacations or having on Facebook. You can text your mother and your father. You can be, uh, you can, can be inundated with words before your feet even hit the floor. And with all these words, friends, with all these words, are we enter any closer to one another? Are we any kinder to one another because of all these words? Are we better to one another because of all these words? I think perhaps not. But this is a place where we push back against that, isn't it, folks? This is, this is a place where we are going to try and do something different. And it's not, not, to, not to say that we're just going to walk on eggshells with one another and we're never going to tell one another the truth or, or even sometimes maybe upset with one another with, with telling our truth and our story. No, it's quite the opposite. It's quite the opposite. What we're going to do here in the church, what we hope to do, is to stop and remember before we open our mouths that that person sitting across the aisle or across the pew or across the table or across a discussion circle, is a you. And not only a you, not only a human being, but a child of God that sits across from us. And see, we're quite lucky because we're we're given a reminder every week, and we're given a reminder today uh, through these baptisms that we're about to have, that we are all God's body. And however you feel about one another when you walk in here, 
And I'm sure you walk in here some days and there may be someone in here who, who, who maybe you don't feel all that great about being around. But boy, we're sharing this, this sacred, curated space together. And, and not only that, we're, we're coming up to this table and we're sharing the body and blood of Christ. And by doing so, we are all becoming the same body. We're not even separate children of God. We are God's body together. Together. And so let's all remember that when we remember how much words matter and, and when we choose our words with one another. Let's all remember that we are all children of God and that we are all God's body. Let's all remember that though we, all of us, have spoken, spoken anger into the world, maybe even hatred into the world with our words, we have also spoken love into the world and we also uh, carry the great capability of speaking love and light into a broken world. Words, words matter. Amen.